T'es qui toi, t'es qui moi T'es pas qui, t'es pas quoi T'es qui toi, t'es qui moi Mais toi, t'es qui, t'es quoi Welcome back to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. N'oublie pas qu'avant toi, il y en a d'autres que toi. Et qu'après toi, crois-moi, il y en aura, il y en aura. Two. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, uh, Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV, continuing our Legion cast, uh, episode 5 uh, of 8 of the final season of Legion, chapter 24, according to the, uh, the lore masters on the show, I guess, uh, in this, this large magnum opus of Noah Hollies that we've been digesting. Um, here with Pat Dunmore once again. Uh, hey, hey. Hero will be back on Weekly Heroics eventually. He just was not able to corral his schedule around this one, so he's letting me and Pat take it. And he will definitely be back. We're going to be talking about the boys eventually and preachers starting in a fucking week. Holy shit. Um, and we'll be covering that for you uh, somehow as well, I promise. And um, I, I promise. Double pinky swear promise, because I've actually just feeling bad today because I, I felt uh, I, I officially ended the uh, Fear the Walking Dead cast today, so just want to chat about that slightly. Um, so anyone who hasn't read it on the Facebook pages and hearing it here first, sorry. Um, but yep, that's the case. Just couldn't... There's just too much other stuff I need to watch right now. <laughs> so I just can't... That one's just not keeping me interested enough. Uh, to, to keep it going, and, and it did have some loyal listeners, so I'm feeling bad about that, but most of them have chimed in and been like, all right, cool, we enjoyed it, but, you know, good way to go out. You know, if you're not enjoying it, you know, no point in it, so. That's what all that comes down to, but um, I, I had a great time doing that podcast and enjoyed my various co-hosts over there, and we will be working with them again. Um, so, there's that, but... Speaking of podcasts, I wanted to let Patrick here tell you a little bit about what he does on the network and what he's doing in other networks, like the theatrical network out in the great state of Washington. Yeah, I just got back today from uh, a six-hour rehearsal for Empire Strikes Back in the Park, where I get to drive uh, the back end of an AT-AT, which is right. a, children, it's a children's tent <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, held up by PVC pipe. Nice, nice, yep. yeah, creative, yeah. Yeah, we put some uh, eyes on the front of it, and Luke uh, cuts it in half with his lightsaber. And... Sweet, yeah. yeah. And uh, I understand you're you're one of the the officers that gets early retirement. Um, yeah, I, I get uh, choked out as Admiral Ozzel. Always good. All actors hope for their death scene. So there yep. you go. You got to hand that shit up. I'm aiming for uh, I'm aiming for Jabba next year, and I <laughs> care not who knows it. So I hope you know I choked good enough in this one to you know get Leia to put a chain around my neck and choke me next year. So wow, that's what a way to go, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. And uh, what are you doing? On the, you're doing some summer stuff on our. You, you have your yes. own Star Trek uh, gener- Next Generation podcast too. So yep. But that's out there in the ether in uh, the land of uh, Libsyn, Next Generation's First Generation. But, uh, yeah, we just dropped a couple of commentaries this over the last couple of months. Little Mermaid came out last week, a family-friendly look at that movie, 
with uh, two people that had not seen it since it originally was released, and me, who has always been a lifelong fan of Disney animated movies. Uh, then you had Back to the Future 2 is out there, and so is at least one more. I'm blanking on what that is, though. Yeah, But those are yeah, all, we, those are on yes. the... Uh... On the UFT yes. Two Freaks podcast, over in the uh, general interest section, cool. general podcasts, and uh, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade will be out this week. Nice, nice. Which features awesome. uh, my dad as a guest. Cool, and I'm I'm doing uh, a little thing for you, those of you fans of British spy television. I do a little thing with Thomas DJ called With Umbrella Charm and Bowler, that other Avengers podcast about the uh, Patrick McNee Avengers. Which I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've only heard the one episode of it just because I want to watch the Avengers episodes before mm-hmm. I listen. So, I've, yeah, I've heard the one and really liked it. They're fun, and they get yeah. more fun when we have an actual whole episode to talk about, too. So yeah. <laughs> We start doing a, uh, a little feature over on that, which is incredibly sexist and horrible, so send all your complaints <laughs> to cheapscottproductions at gmail.com, but ha- did Steed tap that? So we talk about the various women that uh, John Steed runs into in his show and, and wonder if he's said intimate relations or not because we're two old men and we're pervs that way i don't know why the gentleman never tells no (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but uh let's jump into legion here uh which we had a pretty packed uh, as you'll remember um last episode pretty much ended with david being like well you know this means war uh, and uh, we, we get a good chunk of the war in this one, and, and shit happens. That's all I'm going to say. We got some great music in this one, um, including oh, yeah. like the last four minutes of the episode was a <laughs> sing-along, and, and I'm going to be ending the episode. I'm just going to play that whole thing and, and tempt the gods with copyright infringement, and I'm just going to lead out the last four minutes of this podcast with the song that they did. Um, Th- them singing it, or uh... yeah, yeah, I've got the clip okay. already, okay. so yeah, we are good okay. to go. It's, it's going to be the whole end clip of the of the episode. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so um, we start. I forgot to mention this a couple weeks ago, but a couple weeks ago when they did like the weekly recap, they they did the uh, ostensibly on on Legion again, and this week we get tangentially on Legion. So make of that All what you will. What? All the scenes were played in reverse order to, to where they happened to, instead oh. of going, instead of showing how they actually occurred. It was all, it was all done backwards. It was the last line of the episode, and then oh right, right. Then telling the Terry, recaps, okay. which is what he react. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm like, I don't remember the whole episode going that way, but it could have. No, uh, yeah. no, it wasn't the whole episode. <laughs> it was just the the recap was played back was yeah played backwards. Yep, there were there was some uh, shocking. We don't know if uh, retroactively fixable um, <laughs> things happened on this this episode. Felt a little like Infinity War and, and mm-hmm. Thanos getting the uh, the stones at the end, um, and you'll see why as we do our little recap here. So I'll start us off this week, and I have not proofread this, so if it goes wonky, I apologize. This is from the website we've been stealing these off of. A Division Three squad drives down the road in their bus and get a vermilion riding point on uh, motorcycles. Uh, Daniel, who is um, Clark's husband, who, who I realized when I saw this, and they did some flashbacks, 
Um, that we had said at one point we thought that Clark had a black husband in the earlier episodes, but it was this guy. They had a black son, so I think that's, that's right. That's where right. our brains got mixed up there. Um, yeah, Daniel is inside complaining to Clark via Skype that it's unfair that he's trapped there, and, and that doesn't do the scene justice because Clark is essentially it's like, oh, I forgot to wear underwear today, and yeah, he's, he's really, really teasing him. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, Daniel appears on the road ahead, and uh, not Daniel, uh, David. All right, the, the, when the recappers aren't proofreading, and I don't proofread the recappers, then we get into problems like this. So I apologize. Uh, David appears on the road ahead, and Daniel orders his squad to attack, and the two Vermilions on motorcycles prepare to crash into David or something, but they pass through him without effect. Well, I wouldn't say without effect, and dissolve. Yeah, he destroyed shattered them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Shattered like glass. Yeah, so, so again, recapper, uh, you got to do better on these, or I have to uh, doctor them up myself a little better. Um, you know, the truck tries to ram him as well, and David just bleeps himself inside of the truck takes out the guards and kills one man who begs to be scared or spared. The Vermilion driving the vehicle charges at David, uh, who shatters her as well. Daniel shoots a taser at David, who kind of shrugs it off. He's like, but, ow, that hurts. And uh, forces Daniel to sit down. He asks where Switch is, and David erases his long-term memory to bypass his psychic defenses, which is you know, clever and evil. Because he's, like, you know, doing the whole bragger thing. I have been taught to resist people like you. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah I think so, huh? Um, and David erases pretty much all of his memories, unfortunately, and asks where switches. But Daniel doesn't remember who David is at this point. And David says they were friends in college. He tries to make up some shit. And the man says that switches on the airship. Um, but we find out later that he doesn't remember Clark either, I believe. I'm not mistaken. Um, the bus arrives at an airfield, and Division 3 guards come in, guns armed, and Daniel is the only one alive, and he tells him he can't even remember his name. And crucially, one of the guys in the in the van surrendered to David, and David just smushed him real good. Yeah, yeah, that's what just, you know, made it. Yeah, he did, like, almost the word, how the... Uh, just pul- pulped him. How the eye kind of got crushed, yeah. Yeah. And in the first season. At the house, the, to the sounds of Peter Gabriel's Games Without Frontiers, the members celebrate and more members arrive. David shows up and the women go to greet him. They explain that his children are there, and more women come over. They explain that Lenny is still mourning, and the children crowd him. He teleports inside and calls to Lenny, teleports away the children, and says they're going to war. Lenny comes out and says that he's a narcissist and explains that she held, that she held her baby. She realizes that she's an asshole and wasted her life getting high. Lenny says that she was good, and they had plans, but, David, but then David ruined it. As the acolytes come in, he insists that they're her family, and they have to go get Switch. David explains that he doesn't know what happens if he changes the past, and she might get her baby back. But Lenny doesn't believe him, and David says that he needs her. She says that he can't have her and stabs herself in the neck with a knife. Dying, she calls David a blockhead, Charlie Brown reference yeah, again, yeah. and collapses. David goes to her and Lenny and wonders why it's blue. He tells her 
that it's always blue. Now, David tells Lenny when she brings up the baby, he says, the baby was just a trick, like my mom. Yeah, that, that confused so, me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, and I didn't really make the connection at first that the whole, when, in the last episode, when we saw her, her baby aging out and dying, and that that was, you know, I'm like, how did she lose the baby? I don't remember that. And it, it was the yeah. the time demons eating the, the yes. years from her like that. Well, Lenny was presumably, you know, stuck in one moment in time and not aging. But yeah, that was that was a great scene and all, yeah, very much what the fuck scene because I didn't really see that coming. But um, <laughs> but yeah, great final line and I of course said it even before David did and that it's always blue and, and a little tear, you know. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey just played the hell out of that. Her yeah. reaction to Dave, to David saying, you know, we could get it. We could get her back, or she's just like, you're so full of shit. Yeah, yeah. And all, all with her face. Yeah, yeah, man, she's great. Oh, I, before I forget, I, I've actually, i got to pat myself on the back that I finally got, I got Mr. Honeywell watching this show, finally. Great. And, uh, yeah, because he heard, I, he was, it's weird synchronicity, like, we have a lot together. Uh, he was talking about this um, artist that he knows uh, that he actually interviewed with his rabbit puppet once named Daniel Johnson. And I was looking at some of the playlists for Legion this season, and Daniel Johnson was actually on it. And I told him that, and he's like, started watching it. So, <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't have it until like third season, man. But, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying not to tell him. He literally doesn't know anything about the comic. And so he's got a bunch of like, kind of wild theories about it. And, you know, he hasn't come around to. I don't think if you don't know the comics, you don't realize that it might all be in David's head, and I, he's not got there yet. So I don't know whether to tell him about the comics or not. I think I'm just going to let him be completely unknowing of the... Because uh, he just saw the chalkboard scene in, in season mm. one, and he's like, well, I don't know, it kind of looks like it could be Xavier, but you know, they're all stick figures, so they're all bald, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to zip my lip and sit over he here didn't get it, He didn't get into uh, Sid Cabbage in his teens? No, no, I don't. Chris has never really been a, a big, hardcore superhero comic guy. He's always gravitated toward underground and yeah. and weirder stuff and horror comics. But I would have thought just seeing the artwork in those New Mutants comics, you yeah. know, gone for it. Um, So this is me now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Switch considers her lessons about how a time traveler exists in no time, and uh, the scene of you know words across the screen, and and she eats and passes the potatoes to her father, who is not sitting across the table from her on a TV. Uh, and later, Switch walks alone, contemplating the existence of not living in any one time. Um, Carrie shows uh, Sid uh, and the other Carrie the chamber he's put Switch in, which will hide her from David. He explains that the chamber is invisible in space and time. And Farouk warns that it's a mistake to flee and insists, insists that he can beat David. You know, he's like, oh, I thought you said he was stronger than you. And he's like, yeah, but he's, he's distracted. Um, and he's more of a strategist, which I'm sure we're going to see play out in the next three episodes. Because I think Farouk's still got his hand up the puppet's ass in this, this yes. show. 
Tommy suggests that they go into space beyond uh, David's teleportation range, and of course, Punch Gary's like, "We're going to space. We're going to space." <laughs> and they agree to take the airship up, and Farouk walks away, saying that they're cowards. Clark watches home movies of him and Daniel. And Patamini announces that they're going into space and Sid goes to her room to apply makeup and the airship uh, goes up out of the atmosphere. And they spent some money on the special effects budget on this They one. did indeed. It was nice. pretty cool looking. So, uh, Yep, you're up. <laughs> yeah. Farouk remembers his past when he occupied David's mind. In his chamber, David meditates and hears Farouk's voice. Farouk tells him that he's a sweet boy undone by revenge and it fills him with sorrow. Clark watches the movies. Sid applies makeup and looks out the window as the airship reaches space. Farouk tells David to take what he wants. It's time for them to pay. Because he is a god. David telepathically locates the airship. Carrie sharpens her sword. And a lot of this has David's face kind of superimposed mm-hmm. over everything that's going on. Which was very surreal because I initially watched this on my phone while I was at work. Oh, uh, so my so my face was overlapping. With <laughs> right, nice. David's face in the reflection. Um, Probably intentional by these mad bastards too. I would think so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Carrie confirms the ship is nominal, and the acolytes laugh in the shadows behind him. They kill a guard with knives and cleavers. The Vermilions detect the intruders and alert the security forces. The guard arms themselves and move out, and David teleports them into non-existence. Yep, so so essentially Farouk has yep, called called David and shown him where shit is, so he's he's moving his chess pieces around. He wants to confront him, but he's, he's going a little off the reservation here. So an acolyte moves through the shadows of the film room, and when Clark reaches for his gun, he discovers that he's turned it's turned into a rubber duck, and David is there, and Clark says he should have killed him the first time they met, and David's like, yeah, yeah, probably right, <laughs> and he just teleports him out into the vacuum of space. So there goes Clark. We're down Clen- Lenny and Clark now at this point. Um, Carrie goes out into the hallway and. Here's laughter in the distance. Three acolytes uh, emerge at the other end of the hallway, and Carrie prefers to fight them. They fight, and the Vermilions watch from the bridge, and Potomini orders a lockdown procedure, and they enter like a virtual control pod. Don't him and the Vermilions just go, you know, into the tank, basically, or, you know, back into the mainframe. Sid sleeps and dreams and wakes up to find David in her cabin and uh, playing, you know, the the sympathy and, you know, uh, card that Farouk suggested or, you know, the intimacy card. Uh, he says that she shouldn't have trusted Farouk and explains that Farouk called him, but Sid figures that Farouk did so because he didn't like their plan. And David admits that he can't see switch. The mutant, uh, the mutant tells David, yeah, I know what <laughs> tells David that switch is in a tank in the lab. David wonders why she's telling him. And she says that, uh, he'll find her anyway. Sid says she's not mad at him anymore, and, and we're pretty sure that she's she's lying to him. At least I wasn't sure at first. I'm like, wait, is she? Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. You know, Farouk told her to do this, basically. <laughs> so she's not mad because she understands that David can't love halfway. You know, these are all the excuses that, you know, evil men give to the women they're abusing, too. Mm-hmm. So David says that he's going to change the past, and none of what happened will happen. And the only good things will be left. Um, Sid asks if he killed everyone, and David tells her that you know, yeah, pretty much. But no one who really dies is really who dies is really dead because I'm going to go back 
and give everybody a do-over, including Lenny. Uh, and then Sid wonders what happened to Lenny, and David says that she abandoned him like Sid and his parents, which reminds him that he abandoned her and admits that he uh, she was jealous of herself, her future self, that David had the hots for. And uh, Sid says that he should, uh, should have trusted David, but Farouk made her think that David was evil. And David insists that he left Sid things, left Sid to fix things and to be with her. And Sid says that it won't matter because he'll change everything and none of it will happen. They may never even meet or fall in love. And Sid asks if it hurts being erased and admits that she wants another chance as well. And she tells David that she loves him and he says that he loves her. We still think that Sid's probably playing him, though, at this point. Mm-hmm. Sid touches David's face and he gasps as her power switches their minds. She grabs David Sid, tells him not to fight, and drags him out of the cabin and down the hallway. Carrie lies in the corridor, then rolls over and crawls away as the Acolytes advance on her. David Sid and Sid David arrive, and Sid David tells the Acolytes that it's his fault. Carrie recovers and kills him from behind, and Sid David says she's Sid in David's body. In David's mind, two of David's personalities confront Sid, and they say that they are legion. Sid David warns Carrie that David is fighting him and tells Carrie to kill David's body and she'll jump back to her body. Sid David begs Carrie not to, but Carrie raises her sword. Hundreds of Davids appear, telling Sid they are legion. David retakes control of his body, catches Carrie's sword as she brings it down, and telekinetically slams her down the hallway. The legions figure that they need David back, and they have to touch her and switch again. Sid backs away, but another legion grabs her, and all the legions shove her to the floor and touch her. Yikes. Yeah, pretty intense scene. Um, and it makes me think that maybe this isn't all in David's head, actually. That you know, Yeah. We kind of finally saw all of his, his personalities in one place this time, and they are, in fact, maybe internal. So, I mean, that would, that would definitely go with the comics, too. Um, but th- there seemed to be a definite delineation of... This is David's weirdness and everyone else now. So I'm hoping, you know, still keeping my fingers crossed that we haven't just been watching a drama of one at all this time. <laughs> you know, one, one character, essentially. I don't know. Could go either way. But uh, great, great writing. I mean, great little ploy. And, I, and for some reason, I mean, we really haven't seen Sid exercise her power much, you know, since the first season, essentially. You know, first or second season, and 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 it, I don't know why it didn't occur to me that this was her plan, but it kind of caught me completely by surprise that she was going to touch him, you know, and and switch places with him, and then try to do the you know kill me while I'm you know powerless or got him powerless. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty neat. So David touches. Oh, go ahead. Do you want to say something, Pat? No. Okay. Uh, or, or wait, I was. Uh, Sorry, I had a text in the middle of it. It's kind of an important part of the uh, the hero's journey where they have that part where the you know mentor comes to them and says, you know, okay, the the fix is you have to kill me. Yeah. So that's um, what's her name, Sid, going through that with, or not Sid, Carrie going through that with Sid. Yeah. That it's like you know that's and she's so she's so impulsive. It's like she would never be able to make that choice yeah so david but, touches oh go ahead <laughs> oh that was you yeah. yeah david touches sid who screams and then stares off to uh, into space mindless uh so he's you know did the whole mind wipe on her basically he tells her they'll fix it and teleports to the lab he finds a chamber holding unconscious switch 
but Farouk telekinetically raises him into the air and immobilizes him. Farouk explains that he lured David there to a place where he could contain him. David promises that he'll get free and undo everything uh, Farouk has done to him and accuses Farouk of ruining his life because he hates him. And Farouk's like, that's crazy talk. You're my son, and I just wanted you to realize your potential. And David frees Switch, and she teleports Farouk into the time between time, and he goes back to Lajati land. <laughs> so that was pretty neat. <laughs> yep. David's response to um, Farouk telling him he's his son is to say, "Well, you're my cancer." Yeah, and he's and he's and he's right. He's right. Um, David embraces Switch, who said what she, who said that she had the worst dreams. He tells her that most of them are dead or none once they go back. Switch wonders if that bothers him, and David recites. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Yep. That's, what we see. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much, uh, yeah. That's pretty much the rest of our episode is yeah. you know, everybody, the whole cast singing yep. Elvis Costello. Carrie holding the dead Carrie, Clark drifting through space, the acolytes dead in the hallway, Farouk trapped, Lenny lying in the house, and Patonomy and the Vermilions. Who are harmonizing with one another. Yeah. Of course. Everyone sings Elvis Costello's What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, and David tells Switch he's ready. She warns that the monsters will come and they won't stop, and David assures her he'll only make one small change. This time he has a different plan than saving Gabrielle. Switch creates a portal, and David goes through with her, disappearing. <laughs> yeah, quite the ending. It almost felt like the writers ran out of shit or something, but it's like, yeah. you know what? We haven't had a really good you know, musical. Uh, you know, uh, just, But it worked. It was just weird, but it worked. And great version of the song. It's actually Nick Lowe's version of the song playing behind him. Mm. Um, but we'll be playing the, the whole clip to, to end this podcast, as I said. But So what do we think uh, David's one small change? Is he going to go back and kill his father? I think he's going to go back and confront his father. Possibly. <laughs> Could know. be. So we're supposed to see Xavier again. So yeah, two more times. Yeah, it's it's gonna involve yeah, one him more somehow. time for Gabrielle and one more time and two more times for Xavier. Yeah. I mean already's gonna go back and attempt to confront Farouk, but um I wonder if him putting him in the time without time is actually gonna complicate that or complicate his plan in general. Yeah. But a lot of great music in this one. There's actually the oh, opening, yeah. the opening scene, um, which we'll be playing for the opening of the podcast, is something called Techie Toy by a guy named Rashid Taha, hmm. which was a real lively little tune. Of course, we're going to have Games Without Frontiers in here somewhere. And that was I'd never heard that song before. That was a cool song. You've never heard Games Without Frontiers before? No. Oh, my God. It's one of Gabriel's biggest hits. Yeah, yeah it was nice. I'm a huge Gabriel fan. You know, that one's relatively overplayed, but yeah, we'll feed that in here uh, somewhere. Yeah, I mean, not much more to say about this. They're, they're laying it out linear for us now for a change, luckily, and we're building to something. But it looks like we're going to get the, the Legion quest possibly next episode or the beginning of the end of it. Yeah, I'm very curious. The ending that I keep thinking they're going to do, I only think it because of... the it's how uh, All-Star Superman ended, where mm-hmm. 
he changes the universe and you see Stan and Jack creating the X-Men. Oh, no shit, yeah. Yeah, but that's what happened in the All-Star Superman comic, and I'm sure Noah Hawley is not going to do that on Legion. Uh, yeah, I don't know, or or he alters shit to get us the proper X-Men universe instead of this fucked up one. That's, I what, I was, that's what I was thinking right, as, right. A comic, as a comic book. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, who knows? You know, it wouldn't surprise me, but it's probably not. I, I can't say anything's not likely anymore in this show. <laughs> Actually, fine. Although I could imagine them finding a recording of Stan Lee talking about what all of the X-Men's powers are. Oh, that would be brilliant. Like, you know, yeah. Cyclops uses an optic blast. Yep. You people, boy. <laughs> Iceman, it's like he's frozen everyone out. <laughs> that is a good stand, yeah. <laughs> have you do his, his future cameos in the animated movies. <laughs> they, get, they get Roy Thomas, I guess. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll maybe be able to use 5% of what he says because he'll go on for so long. <laughs> so, um... So yeah, I mean, I've got to think the opening is you know the the recap tangentially on uh, tangentially you know, you know on Legion is is a little clue for things to come and that you know there, there's going to end up being some some alternate reality shit going on kind of already is but um, that was one thing Honeywell surmised it's like is this like an alternate X Men universe I'm like. Yeah, they all are, aren't they, at this point? You know? <laughs> Ever since Kitty Pride came back in issue 141, <laughs> I think yep. anything X-Men has been an alternate universe. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yep, this is just another branch on that crazy X-Tree. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's wrap it up uh, early tonight. Okay. We've got four minutes of music to, to play us out this evening. Yeah, uh, I am one tired SOB. Yeah, um... I apologize if I seem distracted. I was my sister no. was messaging me about travel plans, so no, we're, we're all good. But now I'm going to okay. have to leave that in the show because I'll forget to edit <laughs> it. So just expose personal secrets to the audience at large. Uh, listen to those podcasts we talked about earlier. Email us with anything you'd like at cheapscottproductions at gmail dot com. We would love to hear your thoughts. Nobody ever emails us. I mean, this is the kind of show that you think would spark some response and be like, hey, guys. I emailed, and now I'm the co-host. Yeah, yeah, see, there you go. We we can't promise that, you know, although I might need some co-hosts. I've got busy co-hosts lately, so I might be doing a couple things solo, and we might be needing a a sub or two, but um, yeah, we we will have something. I'm not sure what we're doing for the boys yet. It's like a Netflix thing. It's not on Netflix. It was Amazon, right, I think? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I, I, I should know that because, of course, I have Amazon Prime and I'm not doing anything illegal to watch these things. Um, but they dumped all eight episodes at once of The Boys, so I'm not sure it's going to get unwieldy because we've got Preacher starting in a week and um, as of this recording, and we definitely want to cover that weekly for you because we always have for the most part. Yep. Uh, we've got to wrap up three more of this in the next three weeks and try to keep that timely. And um, so I think we might end up doing, I'm thinking possibly like do half the boys and then the other half, like do four episodes, you, me, and Hero chat about that and then come back and do the last four. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Do a, 
possibly do like a lead. Well, I don't know how much time we'll have, but I was going to say a lead into Preacher. Yeah. Do the boys first, and then when Preacher's done, do the end of the boys. Yeah, that might be. Well, we can try, but <laughs> time's going to be at the premium for all of us this next week, probably. You know, I got concerts and garage sales Friday and Saturday, and not sure what Hero's doing, but we'll, we'll commiserate and figure out what our schedules are this week. Uh, at this point, Weekly Heroics probably won't be getting to Spider-Man Far From Home, which pains me, but you get too far from the movie, and it's kind of what's the point. Although I released our Endgame podcast like two months after the fact, so that should really matter, but we'll see. It's just corralling everyone in the summer is, is, is a chore sometimes, so... But I have one less podcast to do in my life, so that helps. Um, but you guys with jobs and shit, you actually are busy, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's about it. Uh, this is Weekly Heroics, and we'll see you again next week. See Bye you now. next week. As I walk through this wicked world searching for light in the darkness of insanity I ask myself is all hope lost is there only pain and hatred and misery and each time I feel like this inside there's one thing that I want to know what's so funny about peace love and understanding what's so funny about peace love and understanding
Peace.